0: What's up, everybody? I'm back. New guest. Today, I have the gorgeous Dana Kathan. Hi, Dana. Hi, Katie. Oh, are we both on the struggle bus?
1: We are both on the struggle did you, bus. Did you ride the struggle bus over here? I'm not even hungover. I just slept <laughs> like shit and look like shit. So I don't even have an excuse. Like, why am I like this? The headphones are making your hair kind
0: of like bunch up. <laughs> are they? Are, is it gorgeous? It's it, it, You look a little crazy. I we're, like it. We're going to live with it. We're going to go with it. Yeah. No, I, I am a little hungover because I drank a lot of wine yesterday. Stassi and Christina Kelly came over and so I had to make up for this drinking that Stassi wasn't doing. Mm. you feel me? Mm-hmm. So today I just, I don't know. I can't like talk and I feel like I have like bricks in my mouth. I'm like, Rrr.
1: well, we're going to have the best conversation of our <laughs> life then. But also <laughs> nothing is worse than a wine hangover. Like it's truly... Actually, when we did my Wine to Me video, I like the next yeah. day was one of the hardest days I've had in the last <laughs> six fucking months. It's difficult. I feel like we you're always hungover after you hang out with me. Every single time. <sighs> I've yacked in your guest bathroom several times before going home. <laughs> it's a it's a
0: friendship hazard with me.
1: It's also like, what time is it? 1 p.m. or something? It's 1.30. It's one thirty-six, and we're both drinking wine. So let's be honest about that. Uh, listen, I'm drinking wine out of can. She tricked so. me. I thought it was a La
0: Croix. And so I was like, oh, can I have a La Croix? And then I was like, bitch, is that wine? Give me mm, some. Yeah, it is wine. I just figured, I'm like, if I have to like be talking to anyone today, I'm gonna have to just drink through this a little bit. Yeah. What else are you supposed to do? Which I just- don't, I'm not, I'm not one of those people. I don't like to drink through hangovers. I think it's just delaying the inevitable, possibly making things worse, further like dehydrating your body when you really just need to be rehydrating it. So I'm not the type of person that like always does the hair of the dog unless I got a rally or I'm on like mm-hmm. vacation or, mm-hmm. you know, but otherwise I just sit there and like punish myself with like water and food. I'm the whole dog.
1: Like I'm <laughs> like the hair of the dog doesn't apply to me. I'm just the dog. So yeah, I definitely drink through hangovers. It's the only way to be mine. But the thing is, I have always had horrendous hangovers since I was cover your ears if children are listening, but 16 and started drinking illegally. I've always gotten them.
0: People are like, oh, with age, no bitch. I've since day one. So that hangovers were a myth, a myth because I never got hungover. I was like, I don't think hangovers are for real or like, I I just don't. I never got hungover. In your 20s, you never got hungover? Not Really? I've, I had I had some like you know, bad experiences where I drank too much like Bacardi Limon and threw it up you
1: know. I couldn't even take a shot of that with a full two liter thing of pop. like
0: I couldn't <laughs> that's so gross to me. that's so high school for for a long time afterwards. I couldn't even smell, you know, like those like those uh Pepsi twists that were like the lemon Ugh. or the lime flavored yeah. that that flavoring. I would like smell it and I'd be like, oh I would gag. no took a long time to get over that one, but... See,
1: and that's not a hair of the dog situation. If you're drinking Bacardi Limon in the morning, no offense if you're doing that while listening to this podcast, but like <laughs> you should seek help.
0: I hope you are actually. I would be really impressed. Quarantine is bringing out the best in all of us. Let's oh, face. it
1: is. Look at how gorgeous I am right now. It's my best self.
0: You're always gorgeous. But uh, yeah, quarantine, I've spent like a look around my place. What do you think I've been doing all quarantine?
1: Um, her place is spotless and there's... <laughs> <laughs> there oh there's 800 Lego house things that she's been doing yeah. that are really int- like surprisingly intricate.
0: They're very intricate. They take days.
1: I mean, that's I feel like that's surpassed a hobby. She has a friend's one. <laughs> like the show friends. Like I'm looking oh, at Ross right and now. And I and
0: I lit that one so that one lights up. No big deal. It has electrical. <laughs> yeah. I I had to like disassemble it partly to like put in the the lighting. Oh, I've got lighting for all of them, basically. That sounds like a
1: hazard, (laughs) a fire hazard. Why are you lighting your Legos? But wow, I mean, they're gorgeous. So you guys are maybe doing what are we calling it? 2D puzzles, just like regular flat puzzles, like Katie's next level, 3D puzzles mm-hmm. only. And I know I have a couple lighting.
0: puzzles, but they were really hard. The puzzles are really hard. So I feel like like Legos, I just like build. I can't like fail at doing Legos.
1: Ariana had like a thousand piece puzzle out on her kitchen table that was the galaxy, which by the oh, way, God. the galaxy looks <laughs> like this. it's same. black with a bunch of little white dots mm-hmm. on it. And I tried to get one piece. I was like, before I leave today, I'm going to get one single piece of it <laughs> done. And it didn't fucking happen. Like puzzles are I'm children age ones only. I like the ones that like Dot would use.
0: I'll do her the puzzles. big pieces. You can clearly see like this section is like the beach ball. So you look for beach ball, but not, you know.
1: Right. And I'm like, you have to, you have to do the edges. You have to be strategic. But to me, if it's yeah. a thousand pieces, like anything over like a
0: hundred, like where do you even start? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I have one puzzle that I started two days ago. It's been sitting on my table for a week and a half.
1: I want to be a puzzle person, like someone who's picked up that kind of hobby during quarantine, but I mostly heavily drank every day for the first month. Yeah, has that been your hobby? Yeah, I've had to reel it back. Like I fully (laughs) had, I quit drinking for three weeks in quarantine because I was like, cold turkey, you are drinking every day. Psycho. Yeah, no, it (laughs) it was terrible. I'm like, are you an animal? But then I see friends and like other people. Remember during Tiger King, Yeah. Like when that all started. Those were the days. Those were the days. And I I made like, I remember I went to BevMo right when everything shut down and I was like, I got to stock up for winter. It lasted me probably two weeks, (laughs) the supply that I got. And I remember making like micheladas and some margaritas and I'm watching Tiger King. And I was like, you know what? Dana, you have a busy life. You're always tired. This is nice. Like refresh. And a week later, I was like, fuck this shit and just hung over all the time.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, that was... I quit drinking for a month back in September, but I wasn't in quarantine with literally nothing to do but sit on my butt. So it was a little easy to distract myself or do other things like stay really active and go to like workout classes or go to the gym. And, you know, I was... I had a purpose, I guess you would say. But like right now, yeah, I drink... if I don't, I'll maybe take two days off of drinking after like seven, nine days on. Right, I mean, <laughs> God, it's not good. I know it's probably
1: hard being a parent right now and I'm not one, so I can't mm-hmm. totally relate. Yeah. But the thing is, it must be nice to wake up and have a reason in the morning <laughs> because right now, like Leo at a certain sure. point will meow me out of bed because he needs breakfast. So like, I have a little bit, I have like a half reason, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, my my videos that have come out of IGTV for this, like with the wine to me and the tutorials I was doing, that is gave me reason to live. Like truly I did it started as something fun to do while I was bored, but it just like has been what I've been doing with my time.
0: With COVID, um you're not doing the stand-up anymore. No. And so that's a good way for you to kind of use that comedic energy that you have to put into your Instagram videos, which I love.
1: Well, I was just talking to a comedy friend of mine and she was saying, I asked her like, do you think it's dead? Do you think it's over and changed forever? Because I do believe the world will come back to some form of normal, the new normal, whatever. But like I, I think stand-up comedy has possibly changed forever. And it's a really scary place to be. And I mean, she's sunk more time into it than I have like eight years. And she yeah. was like, I mean, yes and no. But also, I feel like I've been seeing so much happening online of people just finding other ways to do it. And, you know, we're adaptable. We're resilient.
0: I so. mean, if they can do Saturday Night Live, like from home, basically, you know, I think, I think that comedy stand-up comedy can still last. Because I mean, you got to utilize it through like your IGTV, Mm -hmm. go live on Instagram. I'm kind of excited for that. But then again, I just also still wouldn't want to be tethered to my phone even more just to like have that kind of...
1: I'm two two forms of media at all times. I have my TV on at all time because I'm so such an anxious person. Like I have to have ambient noise, like the office or whatever. I'll just put it on. Mm -hmm. And then I'm always on my phone. And it's just like, it it's feels so good to look you in the eyes right now, Katie. I mean, she has beautiful eyes, but my phone is over there and I'm like, I feel really good about
0: it. Yeah. No, I I'm, I am really proud whenever like I, might, I haven't been on my phone all day, just like scrolling mindlessly through like Instagram. What does that feel like I don't, to not be on it? I, I can't relate. That's awesome. It's only like days where I like have a friend come over and we're like having FaceTime, real IRL FaceTime mm. um, that I don't feel like I need to like engage in, in the telephone.
1: Wait, I looked back over there at all your Lego houses and I completely... Oh, you missed this one. Next to my wine glass, which (laughs) is what I was fixating on. There's an enormous... Is this new? Yep. Is this London?
0: No. So that is is a replica of the Chanel store in the Netherlands.
1: (laughs) I didn't even know there was a Chanel store in the Netherlands. This is insane. So it's three stories and Mm -hmm. gorgeous. She did a great job, but I'm just so focused on my wine. (laughs) Didn't
0: see it. So... You're like, what, two and a half, three weeks into being 30? Yes, ma'am. And do you feel like you're flirty and thriving? 30, flirty and thriving.
1: I do. I think it's different than what I thought it would be because I don't think anyone predicted turning 30 or having a milestone in quarantine. <laughs> but like, I am super excited about this next chapter and being positive about it because it's happening. So that's really your only option. If you want to feel shitty about getting older, you can. But yeah. highly recommend just... Leaning in, like I I do know more and more confident am just settled into who I am as a person more than I've ever been. And that part of that is because of the work I've done over the past few years and a lot of therapy and other things that I personally needed. And I'm like, Bring it on. Mm. Let's go, thirty. 30. Thirties are the best. Every single person I know that's in their 30s says that.
0: And I'm concerned that it's because they're in their 30s and it had to happen to them (laughs) too. But I hope you're right. No, truthfully, I feel like like leading up to being 30, I was definitely starting just to like really feel the frontal lobes. You know, cerebrally, I was very like, felt matured and felt like I knew who I was and was like on it you know and now just like everything I've learned about myself and who I am and what I want has all happened in my 30s 20s were fun They last. I feel like that lasted like 10 decades being in my 20s they were fun but I was dumb half the time and I thought I knew everything and looking back I'm like I didn't know shit I mean like yeah had like a great metabolism, <laughs> like my skin was really good, no ring, like no those kind of body issues. My back didn't hurt all the time. I didn't get, get hung over all the time. I had so much energy, but I was dumb, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, that's why the thirties are awesome because you just feel like smart.
1: <laughs> and I don't know if it's like a thing that's happened with our generation, also millennials. I, I think that maybe back in the day more our parents or you know their younger siblings resisted it, resisted change and resisted getting older. And but like I think that people our age really see it as a positive and the next thing you can conquer and everything you can learn. And like I was just a fucking mess. My entire from when I turned 20 to probably at least 27. And that is and partially because my mom died in that time and I had a different experience in my twenties but it also was just being in your 20s and making mistakes. And not to say that I haven't made any recently. I certainly have. But I definitely think I've absorbed more of the lesson quicker in the last year of my life and am more ready to apply it. And honestly, really checked in with myself. The night before I turned 30, I wrote myself a letter and was just like, you know, here's how far you've come. Here's what you want what are you looking forward to in the next 10 years of your life? What do you want that to look like? Who are the people that you want around you? And I just- That's
0: cute as shit. I felt, <laughs> I felt,
1: I felt really positive about it and like really hopeful, which yeah. is which is new. For, that's a new color on me because I'm usually pretty dark. You
0: wear it so well. I love I, it. I know because I remember you telling me you're like, because you, you have shared a birthday with your mom. And mm-hmm. so it was like always a really hard time to want to celebrate your birthday, but mm-hmm. without your mom around. And this was your like, first year that you felt like it wasn't going to be like that. And it wasn't like that for you, right?
1: I know. Yeah. And that was a conscious choice. And not to say that I didn't wake up in the morning and still miss her. And like last week, I I started crying out of nowhere when I was just at home, just, you know, working on some things and thinking about her and how much I wish she was here for different milestones. But it definitely felt different. Whereas I feel like, I don't actually don't know if I've ever told you this story, but my, my best friend, Courtney, she also lost her mom a year apart from mine and they were good friends. And it was this whole thing. Mm. And a couple of years ago, right before I moved to California, Courtney went to an acupuncturist who was also a medium, but she didn't know she was a medium at the time. And then she's just getting her acupuncture and the medium goes, you know, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I am a medium and I have some people coming forward right now. Would you like to talk with them? And it ended up being her mom and my mom. And the distinctive things that this woman knew without even me even being in the room, knowing me, knowing nothing about me, like shook me to the core. Like, I know mm. I know it was her. And she basically like shoved through all the other dead people and was like, Courtney, Courtney, tell Dana she can get over me. Tell oh. her she can do it. I'm fine. I'm good. I am living but for dead people. And she is telling herself she can't get over me and it's never going to be the same and it can be. And I want her to know that. And honestly, I'm sick of her bullshit because she can. <laughs> I love that. And that's what she would say to me in real life. And so last year was... I would say a turning point when I turned 29 and we were filming at the time. And I was definitely in a transition and was like, this is an exciting time where my life might go a completely different direction than what I had thought. And I had a birthday cake for the first time in years. And like, I felt really loved and it's just like a fun, weird night. And then coming into this year, I just made the choice. Like, do you want to be miserable and carry this around forever? Because it weighs a lot and it's wearing you down. So why don't you release yourself of this and know There are still going to be hard days without her and sad days, but you have the right to celebrate your life and more so feeling gratitude for the 22 birthdays I had with her, which were very special, which are potent and always going to be there from a memory standpoint. So why not really celebrate this time? And I know she would celebrate it in a big way with me. So like I didn't do the normal mopey thing. And I know that sounds like a small thing, but I was really, really proud of that this year.
0: Yeah, no, we had a good time, I think. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we had a fucking and then the day was yeah we had a fucking great time dance party in a hotel with two people but it was like (laughs) it just it was it was different and a nice change of pace and was just like I wish I had chosen this sooner but I forgive myself for not being able to get there
0: because it's just all on your own time and it was just really good. It was a good way to start off a whole new fresh decade because yeah, last year was like you made massive changes because I mean I know a lot of people know probably maybe some people don't know that you had like a real like corporate adult job. I'll call it Mm -hmm. something like Katie. That's just calling, that's just having a job period. But (laughs) um, but it was just, it was like a serious job. You worked in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And I don't like.
1: I sold what is described as capital equipment sales. But for that, I did spine implants for four years. So I spent my early 20s learning everything there is to know about spine fusion and being in surgery and supporting surgeons. And that meant, sometimes seven days a week. That meant sometimes 15 hours a day and was just a really tough, high stress job. And then I transitioned into capital equipment sales, which is still, you're still working in hospitals, but you're selling big expensive equipment. So you're not in surgery direct, mm-hmm. directly dealing with the egos of surgeons. So I went from that to like dealing with the egos of some of our castmates. And that's like <laughs> the transition that I had made. But it was it was a big. Culture shock to me because I yeah. had had one path in mind my whole life, which my parents didn't have a college education. My mom had a GED. Like her, the, her whole thing was me and Brittany go to college because we were first generation college students, and it was like there's no other option except go get a normal corporate job. And my dad's a musician, and mm-hmm. I had seen what it was like living with a creative, an artist who that was their life. That they, they were going to never give that up. Money was not a factor in it, and I saw a childhood that was a result of that and it was really hard a lot of the time. So I was not interested in doing that again. So I got this big corporate job, but then I'm like 27, 28. I moved to LA randomly and I'm like, I'm not really, my cup isn't really full. Like it's, this is, it's nice to be stable. It's nice to have money and health insurance, which I didn't have growing up, but it's, is this it? Is this it till I turn 70 and retire? And this is the whole story yeah. You
0: know? I mean, did you ever see yourself moving to California let alone LA? Like Fuck no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck no. And this guy's kind of dark in here. I know,
0: and it wasn't it's not me,
1: it's the cloud. There's a cloud out there that just went over. But um it's funny because I was actually just talking with my sister's best friend the other day because I was turning 30 about the path I've taken, and I'm I'm really close to her too. She was actually at the filmed birthday party, and we had just found out she was pregnant that day. And oh, now yeah. she has a beautiful son. She was saying because I was so codependent with my mom, like I was, I was really, really reliant on her for everything for, for especially from an emotional standpoint. And I, like, I couldn't go to a sleepover until I was 15 because I would throw up every time. And Did you get
0: homesick? Mm-hmm. I went through that too. Throw up
1: my mom would be like, it It was like a running joke in our family. Be, I'd be like, I'm going to make it tonight. I'm 13. I'm like, I'm going to go to the party, the sleepover and do the thing. And the parent would call my mom every time at like 10 o'clock and be like, she's throwing up. Please come get her. And <laughs> she would just like, laugh about it yeah. and put me in bed. And it was just fine. But like, I could not, the lesson is like, I couldn't be far from her. And even going to college five hours away was really hard for me. And I went home every four weeks religiously because I was like so homesick from her all the time and then when someone you really love dies that you're homesick from you feel homesick all the time was sick of feeling homesick in a place that used to be my home right if that makes sense yeah so i was like super unhappy i went through a horrendous breakup with a long-term boyfriend when i was 25 and i had an opportunity to move territories to move to san diego and i took it cuz i was like i've always been in washington i'm really unhappy here and maybe i just need to be somewhere different and the thing about being an adult is making friends with other adults when it's not a college situation or you have a, a group of someone you know. Like I knew not a single person when I moved to San Diego. And it was really hard. It's, it's harder to make girlfriends than to meet people you are romantically interested in.
0: Yeah. When you're an adult. Adult friendships are funny, especially making new ones, because it's like, you don't know how to do it.
1: <laughs> you feel like... Uh, You know how I figured it out? What? I'm a fucking G and I was at, I had a gym class and this girl complimented my hair one time and I was like, and so I lasered in on her and I slowly did it and you have to make them think it's their idea and not creep them out. And I like slowly got her to ask me to happy hour and I was like, yeah, I'm just new here and I don't know anyone. I'm so bored. And she was like, do you want to
0: get a drink sometime? And I was like, yes, you had a good, you had a good, um, in though. I'm new here. I can't say I'm new in LA. I'm like... Eh. Lie. If you are new to, if you are not new
1: to LA and you don't know people, lie. Yeah, but that's now do I'm
0: at to the point where I'm just like, ah, I don't know if I want any more friends. No, you definitely... <laughs> I don't it, even know if I like the ones I have. Just kidding. That, <laughs> that's, that felt really triggering to me. She <laughs> looked me joking. right in the eyes when she said that.
1: Um, <laughs> well, for me, I I was the same way before I left Seattle. And like Seattle is an interesting place. Everyone goes to the same colleges, either UW or Wazoo, like huge portion of the population. Everyone stays dating each other, so it's like you get in clicks when you from your when you're in high school, when you're in junior high. Do you
0: yeah? Do you still have friends from high school? Yeah, oh, that's my, crazy. My my
1: best best friend
0: Courtney is. We met when we were thirteen. I have like two friends from high school. I mean, I wouldn't say
1: it's a huge amount, but like, I love my high school friends. My high school friends are where it's at. Like, and those were like the older kids that I partied with. But then I would say my real close friends, besides like you guys here are the people I met in college. So I would say like, I got the majority of my close friends from college. But
0: what were you like in high school? Emo. I like to know. I love finding out what people were like in high school because I think, I don't know if it says a lot, but it's just, it's such an interesting age. I would see 30s are great, but I wouldn't mind like just being like 15 again. You couldn't. There's not enough funsies. money. There's not <laughs> enough money in the world because I know you
1: were popular. Now,
0: I, see, you had older friends. You were friends with the older crowd, weren't you? I had a friends in like so many different social circles. I was in choir. I was in drama. I was a cheerleader. So I had friends like everywhere. You know, I wasn't just involved in one like kind of like click. I guess if having a lot of friends makes you popular, then okay. But like I, it wasn't like that in our school, I didn't think.
1: I was, junior high and high school were both really painful times for me. Junior high sucked. Junior high was horrific. Horrific, 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 I was bullied so bad for this horrible thing that happened to my friend. And I feel like I've told you about it, but it was like, the forefront of online bullying because it was mm. it was AOL instant messenger and people would make fake screen names and send me horrible things like mm. i hope you kill yourself don't if you come to school tomorrow we'll jump you sometimes they did like it's, oh God. police were involved it was it was such a hard time and then high school for me wasn't much better like i wasn't popular i would definitely go to the occasional party of you know someone i knew of the, like the popular kids that were having parties but I was then how I am now, which is outspoken. And at the time, I was wise beyond my years. And I just, I did not connect with kids. Like, I like to hang out with my mom and her friends. That's what <laughs> it was a good time to I me. You know what I mean? Where they were like getting drunk on wine and now I've become them. So.
0: <laughs> we're a product of our environment. Mm-hmm. But you were emo. I, see, I, had, I definitely went through like an emo phase too. I, I feel still, like I still am. I'm still <laughs> in it. Uh, people, I
1: get that all the time online. Why do you wear so much black? Why do you wear so much black? I mean, my dad was a drummer and my mom was a bartender and they were both pretty badass and my, mm-hmm. my dad wore black every day. My dad wore like black leather vests to my student teacher conferences. Whoa. Like that's, and spandex pants. Like that was, that's <laughs> <It's> intimidating. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I'm not. He wore like gold, big gold hoops, all these gold jewelry, gold chains. Like, so in, some of that is just inherited. But yeah, I'm still emo and I, I have no shame around that. People used to call me emo back then to be mean, but I'm like, well, back then, back then it wasn't, It wasn't emo. Well,
0: it wasn't like emo. It was like called scene. Mm -hmm. Scene stars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, that was so much fun. And the haircuts. Well on my birthday (sighs) this year, we had a tribute to that. We played the best music. That's correct. Some yellow card up in there. Fallout boy. Fallout boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved going to like shows. I would go to like shows all the time at Kilby Court. This like little tiny it was like in a shed, I think. It was a shed, and people would stand around some like fire. We looked like like a homeless encampment, like just <laughs> down an alleyway. This like shed that they converted into like a like little tiny venue to see like random bands, local bands, just like really small bands that had come through in their sixteen passenger van with their you know tight girl jeans and their black swooshy mm-hmm. hair. If anyone, And I swooned. <laughs> if anyone from Seattle is listening to this, this is
1: a throwback. There's a venue called Graceland and it's just off the five. Like you can see it from the freeway and it's in like downtown Pioneer Square area. And when I was 14, I never snuck out because I was so scared of my mom in a good way. She was just, she, she knew everything and she would beat her ass if we did something wrong. So I never snuck out. So we like concocted this whole plan me and this other 14-year-old, because we knew some 16-year-olds who are going to a show there and we wanted to go. And we like she she bought it, which is so wild to me because at the time she always asked for phone numbers and she talked to the other girl's parent who we also convinced this story, which I'm like, how did you guys we were so full of shit? How did you not see past that? <laughs> they probably did. And so we went when <laughs> yeah. we were 14 and down and downtown Seattle, that area is like. There's a big homeless population and sketchy activity like drugs going zonzings. And oh I nice. was just like, do, 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 do. and I mean, I made it out <laughs> it fine. I'm 14 years old. I'm doing great now, but it was like, <laughs> who the fuck did I think I was going to Seattle as a 14 year old trying to go see a
0: show? I would never have gotten away with that. Once I was like, 16, 17, Mm -hmm. mostly seventeen. Then, yeah, became I got that that freedom to do because we we had to go to Salt Lake, which isn't far, but you know, it's probably thirty minutes from Park City. Well, down a canyon, it's you know, it can be like dangerous for like kids to be driving up and down a dark canyon, especially in the snow. So,
1: what people don't understand when I say Seattle, which is all all Seattleites do this, what I mean is Federal Way. I'm from South Seattle, so closer to Tacoma, and it's it's more. It's an interesting area. If you're from the area, you know exactly what I mean. But um, wouldn't change it for the world. It's why I am the way I am. I loved growing up there, honestly, despite the hardships we had. But um, I d- it's it was like 40 minutes, so it's driving and the whole mix. But um, so wait to finish the San Diego thing. So move there, hated it. We didn't didn't have friends, and I think San Diego is great to visit. But personally, like I don't know how you feel about it, but I just could never live there. It's too slow.
0: It's cool. Like, I I don't know. San it's, it's, Diego is not one of those places. So I've been there and I like to go to like the, what is it? The Gas Lamp mm-hmm. District. Gas Lamp. Which is cool. But I, I've never like been there being like, I want to spend more time here. Yeah. That's <laughs> how I
1: felt living there.
0: Like, it's it's nice to like get out of LA and go somewhere for like, you know. But I think I'd, I'd prefer like going... To like Santa Barbara or Ojai or somewhere up north. If I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna go for that kind of sleepy vibes or just like something a little more slower pace, I, I think I prefer that.
1: No, I couldn't agree more, and that's why I was. There's so a unhappy. lot of D
0: bags in San
1: Diego. That's why I was so unhappy there. And then I my territory changed my old job, and I moved here. And randomly, after I moved here, like two weeks later, I ended up getting involved with the show, like by complete accident, and then but it was just like a one night random thing. And I never- At the Mondrian. At the Mondrian. While,
0: while we were away, the boys played with Dana and her friends. Yeah, they were at, they were in Solving. we the like, who were are these
1: whores? <laughs> you know what? And now it's cool to be a whore in this house as Meg the Stallion has now made that popular. But yeah, I we were the that. whores in that house. And yeah. let me, I d- laughed out loud last night at your- fucking
0: story in your glasses and you're like, PJ's listening to WAP. It's so good. like, that's what you look like. What's what I look like when I'm listening to it. I'm just like, this sounds good. And then watching the video of just like booty shaking. And then I found out WAP is an acronym Wet ass pussy. I know. And I was like, whoa, I like this song even better now. What
1: did you think it was?
0: I don't know. I just thought it was like, "Whoop!" I don't, <laughs> I didn't think about it.
1: I, well, I know when they put it out, she, Cardi said, Word, YouTube was like, fuck now, you need to do this the way that, like the parental supervision, whatever. And so when I was listening, I was like wet and gushy. And then I saw wap and i was
0: like oh what ass pussy that's and then i listened to like one on spotify and i just love it and when, I, when she talked about the macaroni and cheese i thought of you oh uh, did you that's so romantic <laughs> no right i love that's that <laughs> that's so cute but that song is breaking but fire. also they weren't wrong and that is my favorite food so Wait, we were talking about something and then so so that oh yeah you coming on to banner pump rule so yeah that was a one because i think people like always wondered how you ended up on the show because you you were there that night and i think it just kind of like when you came that night there wasn't any sort of
1: it wasn't premeditated no it was, yeah, yeah it yeah. was honestly the most when you talk about timing and randomness and whatever, like what people need to understand. I literally had lived here for two weeks. I was brand new to LA. I was so green. I remember telling shorts that when we were like all talking and I was just like, yeah, I just moved here. He's like, when is a two weeks ago? And he was like, holy shit, me and Tom lived together when we first moved here and blah, blah, blah. And like, I went out to a bar with, I knew more people in LA than San Diego, but that wasn't much. I knew like three people here from college and they were friends of friends and not like people I was super close with. Right. So one of them hit me up and was like, hey, I'm going out. Do you want to go out? And we went out and then... It just happened. We just ended up in the scene and we ended up in the hotel room. It was very innocent. I had a boyfriend <laughs> at the time, although it didn't look that way. I know because everyone thinks that you made out with Peter. It's, yeah, to this day, I someone DM'd me two days ago and asked me and I was just like, no, we, <sighs> I just, I can't be, any. I would, I feel like, <gasps> Katie, can you test this? I'm not, I don't lie. Like, I'm not lying about right. what happened. Katie knows what happened, but we'll leave that to the cutting room floor. But anyway, <laughs> it was, but it was a random night and I actually woke up the next day with the worst anxiety of my life because I had a corporate-ass job and then was fucking hammered. We got drunk as fuck. Like, I was celebrating out in LA. I used to watch the show and was like, I know exactly who these people
0: are. This is so random. This is such an (laughs) LA thing to happen.
1: Like, this is cool. That is
0: such an LA thing. I mean, when you move here, it's either like works out great for you or you, like, run scared.
1: That's the thing is, like, I didn't move here for that. And then it just happened. And so that's, to me, why it's such an LA thing. And, like, honestly, when I saw the guys... And realized it was happening. And yeah, like then we, real, you know, production involved us in the scene and we got mic'd up. I I wanted to see you guys, the girls. I didn't like, so that's the thing is like, and then when I saw the show back and you guys were like, those whores and blah, blah. And Dodie actually followed me the next day because I was private at the time. I had like 500 followers. And she followed me because she was obviously trying to creep. And oh, yeah, we, was were, like we
0: were like, and I stalking fucking, like crazy. And I'm like, who are these people? We're trying to find everyone's fucking. Th- are you kidding? Oh are my God. I was Especially, you know, Kristen, who goes into like full blown, like special victims. As you know, I knew that of her from watching mom. the show. And the second I saw her, I was like,
1: oh my God. And I text my friend. She was like, they're fucking coming for us, even though nothing happened. And it was so innocent. But I was just like. You bitches don't even know. I would much rather have met you and hung out with you. Well, we didn't know that. And you have to understand
0: the optics of it.
1: Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So then nothing happens. And I am just in full-blown anxiety thinking someone from my work is going to see it. And I'm going to get fired. And which, spoiler alert, that ended up happening later when the show <laughs> came out. But, um, you know, I was just worried at the time. And then I got in the mix. Like, that's how it happened. I re- I started doing stand-up comedy about Two weeks after that, and then was really doing it consistently and loved it, and was like, maybe this is more than a hobby. And then I was looking at other avenues of what the fuck I was gonna do, and kind of was like, maybe I should take a gap year. And then that's when the show came into play, and it just like happened.
0: Ugh, and then your life was turned upside down. Sure, was. Freaking Banner Pump Rules. Who would you say your favorite Banner Pump Rules cast member is?
1: <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> no, obviously. No. Um, okay, if you had to. Fuck, marry, kill <laughs> me, Ariana, and Sheena. Oh my God. Give
1: me a good one or let me have the whole cast. Okay. You, Ariana, and Sheena. Um, I would marry you. I would fuck Ariana and I would kill Sheena. <laughs> Obviously.
0: <laughs> uh, I love that. What about between? Well, that would be easy because I would know who you would kill. Who would I um, kill? Who do you think <laughs> I would kill? Max. <laughs> I mean,
1: he, he didn't even fucking come on my radar for that, so he doesn't even count. But Kristen, Jax, Tom Sandoval Um, I would marry Tom. I would fuck Kristen. I would kill Jax. <laughs> Easy peasy. Easy peasy. I like it. Um, sorry, Brittany, I love you, but you know what it is. He still has me blocked. He's really been nothing but an asshole. Yeah. He's. Oh I don't.
0: God. I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand when people play games like that on Instagram. It feels like it's very. It's like very immature. No, I'm
1: just over it, and I've actually never talked about that publicly because the, everyone around me advised me not to say anything when like he was blowing up on Twitter. But like Charlie, honestly, is not alone in feeling that way. And Danica and other new people like he blocked me. He's passive aggressively tweeted about me several times. He's like, I love Brittany so much, and she's been very welcoming to me and we have, we, we have a great relationship, but like, you know, even the copious times I've been at their home, like he's made a point to try not to make eye contact with me or engage me and whatever. And so I'm just like,
0: you know, fuck you. I just don't care anymore. Like I really don't. He's a, he's just, he, the way his mind works is such a fucking mystery to me. So yeah. And I, I feel like often like him and other people were kind of grouping you into the, the, you know, and talking about the new, new people on the show that mm-hmm. I, when I'd be like, well, "What about Dana?" They'd be like, "Oh no, no, I don't, I don't think of her like that." It's just like everyone else. Well, it <laughs> was like, oh. it
1: was surprising to me because because I had spent so much time at their house, like after filming had wrapped, and then when filming when it started airing, and he then he blocked me on everything, and a Twitter rampage started. Brittany called me and was like, "I'm sorry, like he just said that's just how he is and whatever." But I was like, "Where is this coming from?" It was really surprising to me at the time because. Not that he and I were close and honestly not that I'd want to be, but he 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 didn't like give off that energy that we had a problem. And then it just like came out so passive aggressively. And I'm like, if you have a fucking problem with me, you see me all the time. Go ahead and look me in the eyes and tell me you don't fucking like me. Like, I respect that. If someone doesn't like you, they don't like you. And that's cool. Like do whatever you want to do in your life, but don't act passive aggressive.
0: But I feel like he always like did like you. Like he never said anything bad about you specifically. I think he was always just like, it was the other people.
1: Ultimately, the passive-aggressiveness, I can't fucking deal with it.
0: No, I don't like passive-aggressiveness. Not how I am. Like, so. just It's just like, grow up. Yeah. I
1: mean, Jax is 40. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, nothing wrong with that. I'm not shaming him for that.
0: But, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. He would botch that saying somehow. Because one of his Jaxisms, you know. I don't know when we're going to film. There. Are, you ho- are you hopeful? <laughs> I am. I am. It's just about the timing of it, I don't know because like right now everything's shut down. COVID is like crazy in LA. Um, Because y'all won't wear your fucking masks. That's why, because (laughs) you guys are going to fucking mansion parties to get your selfies. Mm -hmm. Knock that shit off. So ridiculous. So yeah, So, but I just know that like if they can't open the restaurants, like how are we going to film, you know, Vanderpump Rules? We like still like could, I mean, there's stuff that we film outside of it, obviously. So I just, but I just think it's everything's sort of like contingent on when they can reopen and things can kind of get back to some sort of like semblance of like normalcy, or they can actually film it at Sur and have it be like a sexy place and not, you know, a COVID place. <laughs> a COVID a place. place with face shields and masks. Yeah. So um, I just think it's just going to take a while. I don't know. I would hope, I would hope, I was hoping this year, but I just, I doubt that's going to happen. I feel I that doubt, way too. Because it like, looks like we're still like shut down. Doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. Then it's going to be, you know, holiday season and, are you going to have your bazaar again? Your Christmas bazaar? Fuck yeah. That was awesome. That was so I want that to be like a fun.
1: a tradition. It was so fun. The hallmark to me of a good time is the amount of food available to me and <laughs> foods and people that I, I care for. And it was, you just, you, you hit it out of the park on every one of those levels. I ate so fucking much. I love buffet style parties. And like I was, that was, I just learned to bartend. So it was uh, like, yeah, yeah. make I was making all those cocktails, like the French martini and shit. And
0: it was just so fun. I know. It was so much fun. I, I'm, I'm ready. You know what? I'm just ready. Let's just... I, I'm over summer. I'm done with summer. Summer sucked. Bye. We're done. Couldn't even enjoy it. I was like, you know, for the first time, I'm like, I have a summer off in eight years. Mm-mm. Because we filmed, we filmed every mm-hmm. summer in the last eight years. So it's like, normally that'd be like kind of cool, but like can't do anything. Can't really go anywhere. Can take like little mini trips, like in the, you know, I, I don't feel like booking a, a flight and hopping on a plane with people that don't wear their stupid fucking masks no. I don't I don't feel like I want to take those unnecessary risks just to go have a good time so summer you're done we're done that was fun for I a want a, I want a refund
1: <laughs> I <do> summer t- <laughs> I love summer usually I look forward to it I but I also really love fall and I truly like can we get an extension on fall can we start it now and it go through
0: This construct doesn't even exist anymore because like, what are days? What are weekends? It doesn't Mm -hmm. even fucking matter anymore. Mm -hmm. So let's just say, fuck the seasonal stuff. Throw up some pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Turn on some hocus pocus and call it a fucking day. Actually, last Halloween, we handed out candy. and Right? Wasn't that fun? We took a stroll,
1: which was really fun and it was great. And I also woke up with a horrible hangover on November 1st. I remember that. God, I need to stop drinking red wine at Katie's, let me tell you. But then... Like, are there even going to be trick-or-treaters this year?
0: Probably not. If it, if it stays like this, how? how? how, Why you want to be having people? I mean, may, I think there's a way to still do it. I mean, you can do that safely, I, mean, I feel like. Ugh. But I don't know. I really...
1: I'm just ready for it to be spooky. Everything feels spooky right now. I think yeah. it's poignant. <laughs> Let's just like at least embrace it. Have our cozy... What is this brand? Barefoot.
0: Barefoot blankets.
1: Barefoot yeah. blankets. Cozy app. Red wine. Scary movies.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, Tom and I were joking about just going to the um, storage unit and getting like all of our decorations, throw throw up the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. Just confuse the fuck out of everyone that comes over here. I've been watching Christmas movies. Oh, I watched Elf the other day. Yeah, I watched Elf. I watched um, Santa Claus. I watched Christmas Vacation. You know what's (laughs) funny? I'm actually just
1: realizing because it's ironic because we're not able to fly really as much right now or you shouldn't be. But airport rules apply in everyday life right now. It's lawless. You can have a beer at 7 a.m. Yeah, you, but you can't even do that
0: in the airport no more.
1: Right, but, <laughs> but if you could, like, that—that yeah. that is the vibe. There's no rules right now. No. Don't murder. That's
0: a rule. Like, Ooh. don't assault other people. But, like, you know
1: what I mean? It's just, like, doing whatever. And I've, I've tried really hard to get into a routine. Ugh.
0: I didn't have a routine even before all this shit, so. Uh, but
1: it's, like, it's fucking challenging. And you said, you talked about working out earlier. I love to work out when I can go to my studio and I go five days a week. My Pilates studio, I'm religious about it. It's also for my mental health, but I can't do at home workouts.
0: My place is also not set up well for it. And it's just like, it's miserable. It's hard. Yeah, I miss, I miss going to Pilates classes so much. I mean, I have the the Peloton and the Treadma up there, which is great because I can still watch TV mm. while I'm doing that. So I don't need to like take myself out of my routine of sitting mm-hmm. and watching TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, I guess I do have a routine. Wake up, watch TV. Seventeen fucking episodes of Scandal. Eat, drink some wine, and go to bed. <laughs> like, my my routine is a bed to couch transfer in reverse. Yeah, and then maybe a change of clothes in between. Potentially a shower. Eh, I've been I showering like every just, other
1: day. I've been wearing the same pair of sweatpants, solid eight days in a row before I wash them. It's yeah, just what I wear.
0: The season. The seasonal um, fashion trend is called depression chic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> No, it
1: is. Oh. And it's going to it's gonna get harder as the fall goes on. And then also, hello, cold and flu season, which is normally...
0: If we're all inside and still staying away, maybe, you know, maybe you don't need to get that flu shot this year if you just stay at home alone. Tell everyone what you, what else you've been up to.
1: So I've been working really hard on creating my own podcast and I'm doing a it little, a little bit differently than my more organized, incredible and established friends. I'm not going through a media company, so I'm just independently producing it and putting it out. But my podcast is called Unfuckwithable and it is available everywhere you listen to podcasts.
0: Um, can you tease someone like the guests you're having to get people, you know, a yeah.
1: snack? Yeah, um, I'll give you a couple. I'm having Mary Beth Barone, who is a comedian I love and respect. Taylor Mishak, who plays Ali on Dave, um, which is a great show on FX. And if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. It's one of my favorite shows. Oh, that sounds, I've seen, Oh, I've seen the bill before. I want to check that out though. Lil Dicky, yeah. it's also on Hulu. It's amazing. And Leah McSweeney from Real Housewives of New York,
0: your doppelganger, because she's my twin, and I <laughs> love her. I'm so excited! Congrats on that.
1: Thank you. I'm really excited. And Katie Maloney Schwartz has not filmed yet, but will be on an episode. All right, then. Well, you told me you <laughs> do. Will you do my of podcast? Course. Okay, of I'm putting course. her own blast on her own podcast. But <laughs> yes, I would also like to have Katie in the near future.
0: I would love to. I'd be honored amazing um well thank you so much for coming and and talking with me and can't even talk see I just I don't know if I'm like now a little buzzed because of my I'm gonna get her to drink another can of of beer while I have a glass of wine while we talk my um it's gone so I'm gonna have to have some other stuff but um but yeah thank you for (laughs) joining me on the struggle bus today thank you for having me there's no one I'd rather be on the struggle bus with love you you. Love love you love you Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode.